0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Bag and Boardcast episode number 242. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And I'm a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. They're not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the first being <laughs> is The Week in Geek, where we bring the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list of books that we are looking forward to coming out December 31st, 2014. All well, the books. So, I, all I'm the so books that are coming out.
0: All the books. All of the book I'll be buying.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Exciting. It's New Year's Eve, there's a lot of books coming out. Nope. Well, we'll be talking about how it's the end of the year, and it's time for our annual look back, where we will be taking a look back at some of the, our favorite things that came out over the past year. Uh, we'll be talking about some comic books, some movies, and some video games and board games that uh tickled our fancy in the year of 2014. <laughs> 2014. What the you... year of our Lord 2014. I like to drink.
2: Oh good because we like to drink too, right? Right John.
0: I love it. <laughs> right Chris. <laughs> right Chris. This episode's <laughs> all about me. 2014, <laughs> the year of our Lord Chris. Uh
1: but uh Paul and I are enjoying uh a favorite of ours. Oh, uh Lagunitas Brewery um have released the A Little Something Wild, a Belgian IPA wild something yeah uh this is a nice beer it's not uh, it's the least good yeah of the a little something mm-hmm. uh, a little something something little something extra are amazing beers yeah and this is like oh yeah this is good it has a nice ipa on it on top and then it
2: finishes with that belgiany mm, bitter bitter yeast Kind of thing that you expect uh, when John said, "Oh, it has Belgian yeast in it." I'm like, "Yep, that's that's Spaced. the taste. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's what mm-hmm. I was trying mm-hmm. to figure out." Mm-hmm. Chris, did you uh, were you able to pick up anything? Or yeah, I'm i uh,
0: We didn't talk about this uh, in the pre-show, but I have three beers for tonight. Whoa! Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> a couple uh, months ago, at, at before friend of the show Ed's uh, wedding reception, we had a chance to stop at our favorite watering hole pizza plant, and while we were there, they had a bunch of the doctors had ancient ales on tap because they had had a tasting event there. And that kind of rekindled my want to try these, because a lot of them I had had, I think, years ago when I was first getting into craft beer. So they weren't to my palate so much. Uh, and I found I actually enjoyed a lot of them.
1: Yeah, a lot of times, when those a lot of those beers came out and were, like, a bigger thing... We didn't have the palates for them, like you said, and and if we were drinking things from Dogfish Head, it was, you know, 90, like 60, 90 you know, it was like all their IPAs, maybe their Chicory Stout, maybe some of their other maybe stuff, just tasty. to try it. But yeah, like those... Upper I, Hop, I still enjoy. Midas Touch was one of those ones mm-hmm. that I had way early on, and I was like, I can appreciate it, but it's not for me. Mm-hmm. I imagine if yeah. I went now and tried it, I'd probably like it a lot more.
0: So this is one that I actually hadn't had before. So when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm definitely great oh. Etrusca. This is an ancient ale brewed with honey, hazelnut flour, heirloom wheat, myrrh, gentian root, raisins, pomegranate juice, and pomegranates. Mm. This is based off of a recipe that was found in warrior tombs along the coast of Tuscany. That
1: sounds like a cookie. <laughs>
0: that <does> sounds like <laughs> um, a cookie.
1: It does sound like
0: a cookie. Um, no, but this is uh, based <laughs> off a recipe that was found using chemical and botanical evidence use, uh, with the tree resins, beeswax, and honeys that they found in these tombs. And it represents a prehistoric mixed beverage in Italy before the arrival of wine. Ooh, wow. And, yeah, which was kind of like, oh, that's cool. I didn't know Italy existed before wine existed. Um, I actually really, really like this. And now that I'm actually reading the side of the bottle, it says uh, their version was also fermented in bronze.
2: Popular
0: material in brewing and cooking in the Etruscan era. If I had found out that this was one of the the like the old habit.
1: Oh, okay, yeah.
0: This is. I really enjoy this. one of their Excelsior series. I would put this along those lines. There, it's a little bit sweeter, and I think that's just from like the pomegranates and pomegranate juice and like the raisins. You get a lot of sweetness on it, but this is really nice.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I'd like to. I'd probably like to try that.
0: Yeah, I. I don't know if this is like a newer ancient ale or if it's one that they've been brewing for a while and we just never saw it before, but I, uh, I definitely recommend this. Like, I don't know if it's worth like the sixteen bucks for the bomber bottle. I really enjoy it, so I, I might uh, say like, hey, you know what, sixteen bucks, it's worth it. At least for you know a, a tr- weird comic book podcast, like, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and
1: also like, just well. to tr- say, okay, this is what they <laughs> drank in the bronze era, and they actually made it in the bronze, like. It's kind of cool. It's it's something that actually would make some kind of sense. That say, okay, I'm going to spend $16 for something that's a little bit more than just your normal standard fare. It's not your normal man. beer. It's something that is uh, almost historic. What
0: else? What news. Else? Oh, we talk about that news in a section we call The Weekend Geek.
2: Oh, man. Paul. So much video game Paul. news. Companies making right. Paul. John. Is there video game news? Oh, uh, there is some video game news <coughs> that... Uh, the companies are trying to make right on some of the, uh, broken video game releases that have come out. Uh, Microsoft, well, 344, what, 314 Studios and Microsoft? 343? Three, 343 uh, three, is it? Okay, my bad.
0: Yeah. Uh, no, it's okay.
2: Yep. They're going to be, uh, giving to, uh, people that bought the Master Chief collection and were upset that they couldn't play all the games as advertised, uh, online, all the different ma- multiplayer maps, you know, throughout the, or different games included in that bundle anthology. Uh, they will be getting ODST for free and also, we'll um, be receiving Halo 4 Spartan Ops co-op mode. Uh, so back on December 22nd, they, uh, were going to be receiving that. Uh, Ubisoft, or Ubisoft, uh, announced Ubisoft.
0: that. Ubisoft. Uh, that's a pre-show joke where Paul was like, how do you pronounce it?
2: But anyways,
0: uh. Ubisoft.
2: Yep, with the release of <laughs> Assassin's Creed Unity. Sorry, I just like to do that now. No, no, keep on doing it. uh <laughs> so it was like a foghorn. Uh, there were definitely broken parts, and it was somewhat unplayable for a PC version, and then, you know, there was the weird pop ins things, and it took till patch 3 to actually get it working. They are offering uh, a way for people to get a different, newer game for free, also. <laughs> I'm not sure how new and what's included That's in it. That's actually but
0: good, because, I mean,. I think it's good that these companies are saying like, no, we we messed up. Hey, you know, let us offer you something to try to fix this. Um,
2: it's yeah. Blizzard. It's...
0: Blizzard just did a similar thing because they had all those problems with the Warlords of Draenor launch for the new expansion for World of Warcraft. So they gave everyone, I think it was like two weeks of free like game time because that's how mm-hmm. much time they were struggling with getting people onto queues and stuff. <laughs> uh, with like three four three studios, like giving out Halo O D S T like That game is like six years old now. Mm-hmm. If you're a Halo fan, you've probably played that and moved on. Like you're not gonna be like, oh boy. Um, I think it's cool that Ubisoft <laughs> is giving you access to something like, hey, you know what pick a game that you would like because they have some pretty solid like back catalog games, and one of them might even be one of my picks for uh the annual look.
2: Oh, nice. Yeah.
0: Maybe. Anything
1: well, else? For your video game any stuff? Other video oh, yeah. Video
2: game news. Uh, Sony announced that, uh, they're gonna be launching PlayStation Now, not only on PlayStation, uh, Sony TVs, but also on Samsung Smart TVs in the first half of 2015. PlayStation Now allows you to play PlayStation 3 games without a console. Over a cloud service, you do have to buy your own dual stock, Whoa. dual stick 4 controller. Dual shock 4. How- so you play it on the cloud. I'm not sure how PlayStation Now works yet, but I think it's a subscription, a monthly subscription, and you just get to play whatever the game library is, kind of like a Netflix. Oh, that's how so it's almost like it. Sega Channel. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say
1: Sega, Sega Channel, Sega TV. Well, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I think that's how it works. That was awesome service.
2: Or it could be that you have to buy the game by the right access to the game.
1: But I mm. imagine
2: that they would be able to allow you to play at least like an hour or two of the game first. And then buy the you know like unlock your ability to yeah. play more.
1: Well, it'd be interesting to know much more you know when you get to know much more about it to say like oh okay you can you get the app and you do this and you can play. Mm-hmm. It was because I know you're
2: keep on looking every once in a while to buy a new TV, John. Is that going to be a bullet point that you'll look into? Uh,
1: no, uh, the back of the box of no no no. no. I mean because I if I was going to get a next gen system. The reason I'd get a new TV is to get a next gen system, Mm -hmm. and I would, if I was gonna do that, I just I still have my Xbox, like, and I have Xbox games, so I wouldn't do anything more than I mean, why would I need PlayStation, a paid service of a PlayStation, to play PlayStation Three games? Point. I waste my money on enough stuff.
2: If you know, I'm on the PlayStation Now uh, website with their overview. And uh, it doesn't tell me what the cost is. It's open for beta. Oh, how much is PlayStation now? The upcoming beta will test multiple pricing tiers and rental durations.
1: No, you see uh, renting games.
2: Yeah. You'll see shorter rental period prices as low as ninety nine, and most titles are between that and nineteen ninety nine.
1: 99
2: Much more information will be announced later. So there we go. That's why I don't know, because
1: it will be announced later. Mm. We're testing it out. It's in beta. Any other news, Paul, that you had video game-wise? Video game-wise, video game, video game, video no, I'm done. Okay, he's done with that. Chris, do yeah. you have any news? I don't
0: have any video game news. But John, you have some casting news.
1: I did have some casting news, and that would be Luke Cage cast for the Netflix series. Uh, he's also going to be appearing in the, um, what is the Jessica, I always want to call her Jessica Drew. Jessica Jones.
0: A.K.A. Jessica Jones. Because uh, I'm not calling it alias, but saying A.K.A.
1: And, uh, Mike Coulter has been cast, and he looks pretty good as a, uh, as Luke Cage. I, I'm i really happy with the casting. He looks good for the part. What, yeah, what he's else do he... I know. What else did he star in? Uh, he has been in you know the PlayStation Network's original series Halo: Nightfall, and uh, he also has a reoccurring role on
0: the what? Good. Wife. Oh I wish we had a Coca-Cola sponsorship. That would have been perfect. Oh, I'm the Good Wife. Okay, don't know the guy. Uh, did you have you seen his picture? No. He looks like a Luke Cage.
2: He, I'm assuming he looks like Luke Cage.
0: He looks more like Luke Cage than. Oh uh, yeah,
2: he's a suave looking guy. What's name?
0: Catherine Ritter looks like Jessica Jones. Yeah. Not that it matters, really, but...
1: <laughs> no, yeah, because nobody really... I mean, she could... Yeah. Uh, I don't really have any affiliation for her, so... Affinity? Affinity, thank you. <laughs> it's really hot in here. I'm feeling, like, dehydrated. Uh, I need to go get some water.
0: I just, I just have the, uh, not really news, but... Hey, remember all that hullabaloo about, uh, the interview? Yeah, it turns out you can watch pretty much anywhere now, so... You probably I, did by by this
1: point. I saw it on the YouTube... My dad rented it and watched it twice because he watched really? it. He watched it on Christmas and then had me come over and we watched it again.
0: All right, here's here's a quick question for you. Uh, then mm-hmm. we'll get back on track. What did you guys watch on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day? Like, what did you do?
1: Uh, I was I had a stomach flu. Uh about eleven thirty, I woke up after sleeping all day on Christmas Eve and throwing up all day on Christmas Eve, and I watched. The 1994 Fantastic Four movie <laughs> wow, <random>. on YouTube. <laughs> I don't know why, but I woke up and I said, I'm going to watch this. And I didn't watch the beginning where they have the laser finger. Oh, and then I fell asleep ooh. and didn't watch the ending. But you saw the Doomfist, right? No, say, not at least
0: one Doomfist. <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> Doomfist. Not at all. Uh, so oh. I watched the middle part that's horrible. <laughs> that's horrible. I got the stomach, uh, bug. Christmas Eve,
2: uh, at, well, Christmas Day at 2 a.m. I watched a lot of, uh, The Property Brothers on, uh, <laughs> on Netflix. Uh, finished that whole series up. So, three seasons. I am ready to renovate houses. I am ready
1: to- You, you got it down. <laughs> I'm ready. You know how to I, do it. Uh, I also watched on Christmas, I watched The Burbs.
0: Nice. That was good. Random, random picks, but both good. uh More nerdy. Well, the no, day after the verbs is good. fantastic <laughs>
2: The day after Christmas, I was feeling a little bit better, but I was cleaning up the house after I put on Batman 1989. The you know Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yeah, hurry up and uh, watch on it on Netflix. Yeah, January first. It's
1: coming down January first. Yep. Oh,
2: also coming down January first. Dark Horse Comics. And their well, ability to yeah, sell you know Star that Wars. Too.
1: That's right. We had a big conversation about this, and then we we're like, we should save it for the yeah. news.
2: And then he kept on asking me if I had any more video game news, and I'm like, video game news? video. What was I talking about with it? And I'm tra- racking my brain over here because I knew I had another story, but I couldn't remember what it was, and I kept
1: on thinking video game really I didn't know that thing about the PlayStation oh. Network thing that was thrown oh. in.
0: Oh. Yeah, so if you want to read Star Wars comics... From Dark Horse,
1: everything's fifty percent off Dark Horse. And, digitally, and then yeah. digitally, and there's a three hundred dollar bundle of everything. Now I would have to
2: caution there people: there could
0: be some gold in there.
2: The thing is, <laughs> Brian Woods, Star Wars. Oh, that was so good. I would be very nervous about buying it digitally now and not keeping it on a device or not keeping a, back, a local Don't, safe yeah. backup because who knows how long it will be available for re-download in the store. Yeah. How long can they uh, uh, be able to hold on to that medium and let people re-download it?
1: Yeah. Uh, I would definitely be worried about that, too. I mean, even if you buy it and you think, oh, I can re-download it, they might not have it anymore. Mm-hmm. So once you buy it, I definitely would look into that. When rights
2: go away from these kind of cloud services, you don't own that media. You own the Ability to access that media, but you don't own that copy. So, you gotta be very careful. So, I would, I would just strongly suggest anybody that wants to take advantage of, of anything, or if they have already purchased in the past, uh, Star Wars stuff from Dark Horse digitally, make sure you figure out a good way to back that stuff up.
0: Now, my question, and this is what I was gonna ask before, Paul, I feel like you would know this. Okay. Maybe. Maybe. Dark Horse Comics, like, the app, Mm -hmm. is it DRM-free?
2: I'm not sure. If it is, then it will be really easy for you to make a backup. If it's not, you might have to go and find a way to do that.
1: I don't know. Paul doesn't know.
0: Paul doesn't know. I, I didn't know either. That's why I asked Paul.
1: But, do you know what you're drinking next,
0: Chris? I do. And this is also from Dogfish Head. This is American Beauty, an imperial pale ale brewed with almond honey granola and all American hops.
1: Hmm. And how is
0: it? Uh, um, it's actually pretty good. And on the uh label for this bottle, it has one of the Grateful Dead bears.
1: Oh, okay. I think I've seen that one.
0: I like I'm not a Grateful Dead fan at all. Like I don't care. I just saw this and I was like, "Oh, Dogfish Head has a another limited edition beer out. What is it? And I looked and I was like, oh, that sounds actually really good. Um, I I like this a lot. This is a really nice kind of toasty pale with a little bit of sweetness, which I think is what you get from that granola that it was brewed with. <laughs> it's, it's such a random beer, but it's a solid offering. Like, there's nothing too stand out about it.
1: But it's uh, it's definitely worth a try?
0: I, I think it's definitely worth a try. Hmm.
1: Uh, another Laguanitas beer, and this is uh Brown Sugar, a sweet nice. release. Uh It's an American Strong Ale, 9.9%. But uh Brown Sugar, I mean, it does, it is, you mm-hmm. taste it, and you yeah. do know it's something big. But it's got some nice taste mm-hmm. to it, um... It's a good beer. Yeah, it's nice. It has that caramely sweetness to mm-hmm. it. It has a nice rich red color. And it's a, it's, I mean, they, they're stouter looking bottles. I mean, it's, it's your normal, it's your normal size bottle, but it looks smaller. So you think, Oh, it's, you know, 10%. It's a small bottle. It's going to be okay. It's not. You're in trouble.
0: Nope. Yep. Lagunita says, No, screw you guys.
1: What I think is so funny is Laguanitas does these six packs that are like eleven ninety nine for a six-pack of these big beers. But then they'll put a bomber out for $4. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the bombers are always super good. Yeah. Hop Stupid is still one of my favorite IPAs. And for the price, that Imperial, um, that Imperial Stout the, was
0: good. Uh, <laughs> Hop's, Hop Stupid, is that the one that has the dog on it? No. What's that one? Because that one's really cheap for a bomber, too, but it's really good.
1: Um, the ca- I think the cappuccino stout. Cappuccino. Okay, yeah. Cappuccino stout. Cappuccino. Cappuccino. The cappuccino stout. Had, uh, <laughs> had the dog on it. And that was good, and that was like 10% bomber. I drank one of those on your birthday, Paul. Oh, happy birthday. We we'll sat around playing games all day. Oh, so much fun playing games all day. For
2: that reason. You know what
0: else is fun? Heading over to BeggingBoard.com. Oh, you know and what? I clicking do. on one of our links over there and making a purchase whether it's from superheroden.com or amazon.com. No, now that
2: both Christmas and Hanukkah are over, maybe there's things that fell off and you didn't get on your list. Maybe,
0: maybe you're no. like, oh, people don't love me. I need to feel better about myself. I'm going to buy this. <laughs> because and uh, I like you, our website it's I have awesome. to
1: say go over there. Chris is putting up really nice show notes about everything that goes on with the show. Website looks great. Yeah, I enjoy yeah, way it. Producer-, to go, producer
0: Scott. Yeah, it's producer
2: awesome. Scott did an amazing job.
1: Um, I do enjoy all our little blurbs about us on the uh, on there as well. I enjoy. <laughs> if,
0: if you want to see us and see what we wrote about ourselves, uh, check about the uh, about the authors or whatever. And I'm with you when you're buying comic books, especially when you buy them on December 31st.
1: Do you really need to say comic books? Plural or just comic book? There's more than
2: one comic book coming out, and maybe people are interested in
0: all of them. There's a in... couple coming out. Mm-hmm.
2: I'm looking forward to, uh, the new shield number one, because it's written by Mark Wade. Only reason. Oh,
0: you just stole everyone's pick for <laughs> everything, Paul.
2: <laughs> You're welcome. Carlos Pacheco on art, from, uh, X-Men fame. That's where I know him from.
0: So there we go. That's it. Wrap it up. <laughs> yeah. Bat- well, Batman Eternal comes out too, and... You know, that book's always good, so. Uh, That was going to be my pick. Mine was going to be either Batman Eternal or S.H.I.E.L.D.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, so those are our picks. Those are our picks. (laughs) And what are our picks for a dramatic reading?
0: And now, from Green Lantern Annual, number three, page
1: four, panel five. Oh my gods, how is he resisting everything that touches the wall? Becomes the wall.
0: That was a magic reading from Green Lantern Annual, number three, page four, panel four.
1: And if it- you don't have
0: that book, you can check that out over on our show notes page, which dot uh, bangboard.com. We're a comic book podcast, so every year when we do our annual look back, we start with comic books. And I'm so pumped to find out what Paul has to say. Number three,
2: uh it's one that is wrapping up uh issue 11 just came out and i just bought it she hulk i think it had a one year run and it was surprising it was a fun book i'm sad to see it go but i think it was a strong series and i was really enthralled with it through 2014 i drop it and then pick them all back up and read them because i was kind of not a great comic book fan this year
1: Hmm. i was was on the naughty list you you were on the john list for the early (laughs) part of the podcast yeah yeah (laughs)
2: So you know, I, and then I would catch up. But it's been a really fun, kind of goofy, but then serious kind of tones with this Captain America stuff recently. Mm. But mm. it's been good. It's been good. really good.
1: I'm glad you've been enjoying that, Paul. She Hulk. She Hulk. Written by uh, no. Charles Soule. Uh, I went with three books that started this year. Um, not a, not ones that I've been picking up prior to this year. Mm. Are my are uh, mine. And uh, my number three is going to be the Punisher from over there in marvel i pick i've really really enjoyed it it's one of those ones that every every month when it comes out even if it comes out bi monthly i still don't mind and even when they give me some shenanigans with uh the scarlet spider black widow whatever her name is i uh i still don't mind and um yeah the punisher written by uh nathan edmondson and uh mitchell thomas just i really enjoyed this book and where it's going right now it's, this continues to get better
0: this is a book that i kind of fell off of like i was reading it a little bit um right when it started doing the crossover with black widow i i fell off not because there was anything wrong with it but i just it was one of the things i was like oh i don't i don't care about black widow like the first issue of it didn't strike me i was done and then i just never jumped back in did has it saved like punisher consistently good
1: yeah, yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. And, um, I mean, he goes to, like, Tijuana prison just to uh, interrogate a guy. Then he escapes. Then he's doing this. Now he's back in L.A. He's about to fuck shit up. He's going after the Holland Commandos. It's going to be good.
0: My number three pick is actually going to be a series that started this year as well. And I've gotten a lot of it because it turns out to be a weekly series. And this is Batman Eternal. Rotating series of artists on this book, written mainly by Scott Snyder, James the IV, and Ray Fox. This is the Batman book that it keeps me coming back. Like, yeah, I love the Scott Snyder Batman. It's fantastic. It just delivers with every single issue, every single week. And every week when I see there's, hey, I can buy this, I can read this. That's consistently the, the first book that I've gone to because I want to know what's happening next look forward to it i picked it for the list i don't even know how many times now i i've really enjoyed this book and i'm glad that it's going to be continuing past you know that 52 week weekly series point it's a batman family book you get that taste of every single corner of gotham and without getting ahead not for myself but in case anyone else picked anything this has been a great year for batman Probably better than any other one because the Batman family of books are just completely delivering. <laughs> Everything that we're getting from Batman right now, like Gotham Biban, Erkaman or, or Gotham Academy, it's all owed to Batman Eternal because that proves that you can focus on that different Batman family book without the Batman. Even though they all have Batman in them, so, like, it doesn't need to be that straight-up superhero book to to deliver.
1: No, I agree. And, uh,
0: yeah, it's been a fantastic series. But, Paul, what do you think has also been a fantastic series?
1: Uh, we saw
2: the end of Thor and the beginning of Thor in 2014. <coughs> Thor, I was enjoying. It was getting kind of, like, a little stale. I was missing Old King Thor again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everyone, every story, it was like every other story arc where I got Old King Thor, I'm like... Oh this is the one this is the best comic book that's out on the shelves like this yeah. is great and then like a story arc kind of without old King Thor and I was kind of like oh now with uh the new Thor who we still don't know the uh identity of it's kind of fun because e- e- thought balloons actually work in comic books <laughs> I didn't think they did after like 1983 I thought after nineteen eighty like Crisis on Infinite Earths I thought thought balloons just stopped working but uh, Jason Aaron,
0: oh, 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 here's the thing I'm going to I'm sorry, Paul, Con- continue for like five seconds, and then I'm going to cut you off.
2: Okay, but Jason Aaron has really found a way to make thought balloons really work in this instance, because it's fun to read this new char- this character that you're trying to figure out the identity of, so it's kind of cool to get her thoughts uh, versus what she actually says in Thor Speak. So it's that kind of cool modern dialogue versus speak.
0: I honestly didn't realize I had been reading thought balloons oh. in that book. Crap, have I? Are there thought balloons in it? It's not captions. Yeah, because that's literally the the route they went. They yeah. went more to like instead of reading the thought balloon, it's that you know square mm-hmm. box with like the blue or red yeah. or yellow shading behind it.
2: Yeah, Watchmen kind of did you know started that kind of thing with uh you know the Rorschach's journal. So,
0: I, I honestly did not realize this. I had been reading Thorbolts. Well, now okay. I kind of want to go back and be like, "Yeah, Paul's right."
2: Mm-hmm. I never read it. it happens sometimes. see it. It's a lot of fun. It's yeah, and it's really
0: Thor's been a solid, solid read. And,
2: and now we're going to get Thor versus Thor in issue three, it,
0: like young Thor. Thor yeah. Well, not young. Well, Thor, not but,
2: but Thor with the
1: axe. You know. Yeah. Because he's been axed without, without the uh, let's it's the young Thor that we got from the beginning of Jason Aaron's. No, no, oh, it's, it's our Avengers. It Aven, no, no, it but it's, the, it's 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 the Thor that we got without the hammer. Mm-hmm. That's who. I mean, that's exactly what he's drawn like. He's wearing mm-hmm. the pants with the kind yeah. of tattered robe with the axe. Right. And because that young Thor, Thor that proved picked himself up. Worthy. Exactly. Thank you, Chris. But as,
0: a, as soon as I read issue number two of this series, I was like, oh my, my original pick. Of like, oh no! It's uh I can't remember her name now, but like Thor's mother is Thor. It's like no, it, she, it's definitely a much younger
2: mm-hmm. red herring. Younger. She was a she was a really good red herring. Yeah. Everybody was saying it, so
0: I, I was wrong, and I feel bad because as soon as I read number two, I was like, shit! <laughs> I was so off the mark, and but I like that it's still teasing. Like
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I still want to know. I still don't know. I still don't want to know, though, Paul. Yes. How many issues more? Four issues. I think I got like one more in me before I'm like just.
1: Well, that's and that's what Paul's saying. There's
2: three issues have come out. Well, issue three is coming out soon. I say to finish up the the intro arc, which is going to be four issues. If it's a six issue arc, the first story arc is six issues, and that's the last reveal. Good. It's us not knowing who she is, but it's also her because we're in the same boat. She is. She doesn't know yeah. who she is as Thor, and we don't know who she is not as Thor. So it gives this great reader-character tying because we're feeling the same thing she is. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe.
0: No, I, I, I think that's a solid reveal, and I think that's what we're ultimately building mm-hmm. towards. But When
2: she
1: I, I claims the Thor mantle, then
2: we can know who she is. And I think that wraps up with the first
1: story arc. Yeah, I'd agree. Uh, my number two pick is something that we were asked to read, uh, as a trade in policy from one of our listeners, and it's gonna be Rat hey, Queens.
0: I like this book a lot. I, I really
1: like it. I liked it so much as soon as I was finished reading it, I saw how many issues were past that trade, bought them immediately. <laughs> and, uh, I'm actually kinda sad that oh. it's gonna be another couple months before we get our next issue. Uh, just a really fun sword and sorcery
2: The Queen's is really good. It's a really strong thing. Really strong pick. Number two. Definitely deserving.
0: I really enjoyed this, and it's one of those books that I'm glad exists because it's just so different from everything else that I do read, like, week to week or month to month. And I, too, am kind of sad that I don't think we're going to get the next issue until January or February. I don't remember when, like, the switch-up is. But yeah, awesome pick. My next pick is... Hey, John, I hope you're proud of me, because it's an image book so what well. What? Um, this is The Wicked and the Divine, oh. from writer, Kieran Gillen, artist, Jamie McCalvey. And this is the story about gods that get reborn every 90 years, come back, live for two years, die, and then they leave behind that legacy. But at this point, the gods are basically pop culture icons. And the first issue is very much a murder mystery. And then we had like a brief one-month hiatus before we got back into it. And it's such a different book. It's so Jamie McKelvey from what we've gotten before in Photogram and Young Avengers. It's very accessible. And this it's a breath of fresh air, especially within this past year where I'm reading Batman Eternal every week. And it's like, ooh, Wicked Divine, like. Let me cleanse that superhero palette.
1: I think I read about five of them. I just haven't, I've been really sporadic on my reading. I've had a lot going on, so I've been missing, uh, continuing on on certain series. And that's one, like I keep downloading it, but I don't read it.
2: Uh, my last pick is, uh, a comic book series that was done really well. And that was, uh, Wonder Woman. Ryan Azzarello, Cliff Chang on art. Uh, wrapped up this year. And, uh, this is the last time I can pick it for my anything, top book anything <laughs> for, my, for anything for my top book of anything really strong determined wonder woman who we have not seen before really cool make her the god of with a new god of war in this whole arc really elevate her status not only in greek pantheon of gods but you no, know, because that's where her roots are from. But hopefully that would elevate her in the D C universe. And make her a very strong, determined female lead character. I don't think we're gonna get that from what from that first issue that I read of the new run, unfortunately. <laughs> it's like, uh Nope, back to being a corner of the D C universe, that doesn't really matter, and I guess over in her own book, it was the corner of the DC Universe that didn't matter to anybody else except for the people that were reading it and loving it. I think it's one of those series that people will go back to and be like, this is the definitive Wonder Woman run. When Warner Brothers looks to make a Wonder Woman
1: movie, I hope they
2: look to this run. Three-year run.
1: I would agree because it was pretty powerful. It was pretty great.
0: Yeah, it's a Wonder Woman and Batman have probably been like the two strongest runs from launch to and that speaks of just like the creative teams that they put on those so yeah definitely i I think this is a solid pick and i didn't think about this being on bliss but now that you've said it's like yeah of course that would be paul's number one pick
1: john uh my number one is a series that we started reading in trade in a trade in policy and once
0: Yuri talks about Rat Queen. Oh, um,
1: uh I'm talking about American Vampire the second cycle. Uh this is the next part in the following of Skinner's Sweet and Pearl. This whole new saga I've been keeping up with issues um coming out a little sporadically from uh Scott Snyder, but he's doing so much other amazing things <laughs> as well. You give him a little break because each issue has been great. And uh Skinner and Pearl have come up against the oldest and maybe most ultimate vampire, if he's a vampire, the gray trader, who Scott Snyder again finds a way to make somebody so creepy and scary in a comic book that you're like, okay, this guy's a great villain. Like, okay. And he just gives you little tastes of how evil this guy is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you're, you're just drawn to it. You're just ready for that next thing to happen. And, uh, I've been enjoying this so much.
0: I'm glad you're enjoying it because I love this book. I buy it by trade paperback. And when I say that, I mean I actually go to the store and buy the newest collection when I can see it. And I've fallen off because of that. Because I don't go to the store to buy, like, oh, what graphic novel, like, what trade paperback <clears throat> do I need to get today? I should probably start by going to com slash Amazon.
1: I don't think this one's hit trade yet.
0: Re- are they still just like on...
1: I think issue six or five just came out. Okay. But again, like, they come out like every other month, every three months kind of a thing. It's not like a regular chipping list for it. And Raphael Albuquerque has been on, I think, a couple of them. Oh, he's he's so good. The The, the art's still been good (laughs) without him. Uh, I think it's... uh, But yeah, it's uh, it's been really good. And the finale of American Vampire was really good. And when I saw this was coming See, up,
0: we were I saying. I still need to finish that. Sorry, I still need I, to finish that. And then, um,
1: I own it all. Oh,
0: what's the other?
1: I, I own it all, Chris. So you can catch up because I have the issues I, I, starting where you stopped buying the trades and I bought them all because they were on sale. <laughs> and I have all the I, spinoff stuff too because I think you'll like, I mean, the finishing, finishing off of the original Ameri- American vampire series was really well done, really great. And now this, instead of jumping around in time, everything's kind of happening as it is, kind of in the sixty-seven. Like jumping
0: around from time though.
1: Yeah, well, this uh, this one you don't want that. You want to you want them going toe to toe with the Great Trader. Definitely something you need to check out.
0: But what is your uh, number one book? I decided to go for the Disney Kingdoms line.
1: Oh, I'd say that would be a perfect one. I I figured it was going to be. One or the other.
0: So I picked both Figment and Seekers of the Weird because this year we finally got our first crossover of Marvel and Disney where they put out comic books based off of attractions at the Disney parks. I don't know, both these books really caught my attention and like the other books that I've talked about from my picks and the ones that you guys had, it kept me coming back like and got excited for every single week. Figment just seeing this crazy world with that amazing art style i am blanking out on the artist name now i can't remember uh written by jim zub though so much fun and then seekers of the weird based off one of my favorite attractions at old disney world the haunted mansion a lot of fun i wish i had gotten more of that and i kind of am from goners over at Image. yeah <laughs> um.
1: which is gonna be would be honorable mention because i do i enjoy that series because it seems like it's a pickup of Seekers of the Weird. And it's also an Um, ongoing series, so it doesn't need to feel rushed. Like, the tail end of Seekers of the Weird kind of... Like, the middle got felt like it was rushed.
0: And, like, I think we talked about this when we did, like, the review review of it, because there's so much stuff in that, like, book, but they're like, oh, we only have, like, five issues? Okay, throw it in there. I I wish I could see this, like, live and breathe a little bit more. Um, I'm looking forward to the... Big Thunder Mountain book coming out next year, which... Look forward! Like three weeks from now. But yeah, like both of these books, I, I count kind of as one, because they're both part of the same line. Almost like we had from DC with the DC Universe Presents, where they were able to, every month, tell a different story. I count these as the exact same thing, like different arcs in the same title pretty
2: much. Or like I did with Thor, where, you know, Thor technically ended, Thor, God of Thunder, and the new Thor started, but I'm
0: counting it as one. Because they they, feed into each other.
2: Exactly. All right, so let's just move. So we're not going to do... You listeners can order it one through nine of our top ten. And here's the thing, books if you had year.
0: a favorite book or title or something we completely didn't pick this year, let us know. Contact bangboardcast.com. We'll read that online, and we will address it.
2: Yeah, much like Rat Queens. Yeah. yeah Which I, I am so glad. Thor, so glad. Thor got us under. And, 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 and pa- Pun- Hawkeye. <laughs> and Punisher, too. And Punisher. Yeah. These are all listener-suggested uh, books that we started reading and really enjoying. So,
1: thank you. So, let's get into games and video games. Yes. Um, I don't know if a lot of you know this but we all really like playing board games too. And I've spent this year spending my money more on board games than video games. Mm-hmm. So we kind of added the board games in because, hey, I've been playing these, not these. And Paul also, Paul and I talk board games a lot and we- I always get
0: uh, to be there for those talks. I
1: know, but you're not. Uh, no, no, I'm not. <laughs> and we, and you know, we. What board game did you get for Christmas? Oh, yeah. I got this. Oh, I got this. You know, we have these little talks every now and then. Uh, I saw Paul in the theater at The Hobbit and I, I just got a new game and I went, Paul, small world is great. <laughs> uh, and yelled across the theater to him or yeah. three seats, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> So I'm gonna, I'm gonna start this one and I'm gonna say favorite game. It struck me how much fun this was. Number one? You're going to No, no. Okay. It's actually, it's the only board game that's made it on my list. Uh, and it's gonna be, it's called Power Grid. And you have a board of the United States and your job is to buy an area and start supplying power to that Mm -hmm. by buying,
0: uh. It sounds like a Paul
1: game. I know it's so, oh, as soon as I started playing this, I went, Paul would love this game. <laughs> and guess who got me this for Christmas? Paul. Um, but you have to supply power to it by buying different power stations and then buying the resources that it, that you need to run that. But it's all in competition with everyone you're playing. So when you, t- your turn to try to buy a power plant, people can outbid you to buy that power plant. Um, so it's a huge auctioning system, and then if you want to be a dick, you can waste all your money and buy up resources, because the more you buy up, the more expensive they get. So the person who has to buy them after you has to spend more money than you did to buy those resources. And then it goes in these different rounds that once you've hit this many, um, this many cities are being powered by you, you go into this next phase where you can branch out and do more. It's pretty crazy. And it's a little complicated, but it's a lot of fun. It's something that Paul would love, and I and I love. It's a lot like of fun. It. Like,
0: it's pretty crazy. It's pretty crazy. Because it doesn't sound too crazy, but it's like that whole board game thing. Like, um, the game with the sub.
1: Oh, uh, Red November. Yep. Red November. Yeah. This one, it's just because, like, you're... All right, I have this plan. I'm going to try to buy this power plant. If I buy this, then I can fuel two. And they use this resource, and it won't be too bad. So then you try to buy it, and as you're doing it, somebody's like, no, I want it 2 I'm going to bid against you. Or some people are dicks, and they like try to make you spend more money. They try to bid up. And every time somebody did that to me, I'd let them buy it. Because I'm like, yeah, hey, you're going to be an asshole. Plus, I want to actually get the one that's two down the road. So yeah, I'm going to let you buy that. Now I'll try to buy this one. Yeah, take it. I'm not going to bid on it. And then I get my power plant that I want. So you actually were the one bidding everything up. No, because it was my turn I had to bid. Ah. And then people were like, I'll buy that. I'm like, all right, take it. Uh, but a lot of a lot of fun. I really liked it. Right. Uh, I also
2: have a board game for my third pick. So I'm going to get it out of the way just because I didn't play that many video games. I kind of waited for Christmas before I could. And it's going to be King of Tokyo. Oh, King of Tokyo, so much fun. It's brand new to me. It's recent addition uh, to my board game repertoire. Uh, just a lot of fun. You're you're playing as a uh, kaiju monster, right? That's a yeah. technical term. Yeah. Giant monster that's uh, attacking Tokyo. But
1: Chris, you're going to love this
2: game. But the thing is, you're not the only monster I, attacking Tokyo. I really want
0: to play that game.
2: Every player is playing a kaiju. And you're all battling it out to become titular line, the king of Tokyo.
3: Oh, that's always
0: going to be my guess.
2: Uh, Exactly. I got the hiccups. (laughs) I'm so excited to talk about this game. (laughs) It's a uh, roll. It's a dice game that's risk, you know, the risk reward. It's kind of like Yahtzee, uh, where you're trying to make, you know, a, a series of numbers or things. And there, there's power ups that you can buy with, you know, energy cubes that you gain through dice rolling. That changes what you try to roll, basically. And the thing is you want to stay within to- the city of Tokyo where you are being attacked by all other monsters and you can no longer regenerate yourself. So it's that risk. You're constantly... Everything you're doing in the game is making choices of risk and reward. When you go to roll the dice, you can roll three times. So you get the risk of reward of, like, which dice do I have to take to re-roll? What am I trying to get here? How long do I want to stay in Tokyo? Kind of fun. It's really streamlined and simple, really and easy to get into.
1: They're great little cutout card to mm-hmm. uh, stand up pieces of like King Kong, Godzilla, yeah. Giant Robot, tentacle monster, uh alien. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's a lot of fun. And they're stand up pieces and yeah. high
2: production value on the board. Yeah. You know, they're really it's nice, the, heavy dice.
1: And it's just the glossy, you know, it's a glossy cardboard picture of Tokyo. Mm-hmm. But it's so much, it's so much fun. Mm-hmm.
2: There's a new version out, uh, called King of New York, and it adds, uh, more dynamics of when you're actually going, you actually try to go into the city of New York. Ah. Through the And you actually can demolish buildings. And oh, I've get, seen that. And you, and things can happen in those buildings, like you can unlock things, so like that give you power-ups. Or since you destroyed that building, now the air force is coming out and it will attack you and you'll have that
1: risk and reward
2: of like, Oh, maybe I should, you know, get more prestige by smashing this building. Or am I risking having the national, you know, national guard being called out against my kaiju monster? Uh, I, I heard it both ways that if you want a simpler, more streamlined version, if you think if there's people, if this sounds interesting to you and you're like, Oh, I do want to get my friends into this kind of like more crazy versions of games, board games, maybe you're better off with just going King of Tokyo. If you want something a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more complicated, but more, maybe more fun, go with go ahead and just spend the same amount of money on King of New York. Yeah, if you're already a game-playing group... Mm-hmm. Go ahead and buy King of New York. Skip King of Tokyo. But
1: King of Tokyo is so much fun, though. And there's it's the a, same
2: game, but, yeah, but there's more the same more game, to it's it. yeah,
1: but it's still quick and fast. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, we played <coughs> four or five games that one night. Yeah, you know, real quick. So,
0: Chris, hey, Chris you're, you're going to uh, love it. Your number three? Uh, mine's actually a video game, and this is a game that Paul turned me on to. Not that he needed to, because I probably would have played it anyways. Uh, but it's Hearthstone.
1: This would be my number two. That
0: would be Ooh, my number one. Jeez, okay.
1: We're going to go
2: quick this round.
0: Jumping jump ahead, I guess. Yep. Um, I know, I've always been a fan of CCGs. Like, I've been playing Magic on for years.
2: CCG? Collectible card game?
0: Yes. Th- thank you for filling the space, because I uh your phone <laughs> dropped out, so I didn't have my microphone. I've been a fan of World of Warcraft on and off for a couple years now, too. Kind of dipping my toe back into that universe in a format that I've loved even longer. It's been fantastic.
2: What's even um, better? Free to play.
0: Yeah, free to play. If you want to pay, hey, you can. That gives you access to more packs than it can by being free to play. It's great. I can't put it over the Magic game on Xbox. Duels of the Planes. Oh, Walker.
2: Duels of the Planes. You really see? I thought Duels of the Planes to Walker was a lot more limited. In my it, choices,
0: it is. But at the same time, I feel like I get a lot more instant gratification from Dual Cell Planeswalker. Mm. Like I play a game, I get a reward. I play a game, get a reward. With Hearthstone, I need to play like three or four matches, and I'm like, "Hey, I've got enough gold to get a pack." Oh, I open my pack. Eh, I'm gonna like disenchant or whatever. Mm-hmm. These cards.
2: You can only keep two of the same okay, card sorry. in your collection. So you disenchant any extras. Disenchanting lets you get dust that lets you craft other cards that you might not have in your collection. All right.
0: Um, but yeah, I, and it I, does. It does cause fill. John, wait, 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 John. You've played a video game.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like a board game though. It's like a board game. I could do all board games, but I'm going to do Hearthstone for number number two because it is. It does fill that magic need that i have because i i do have it on my xbox i played the first one the the first magic that came out Mm -hmm. i got that i haven't bought any more than that um
0: that was a while ago now
1: it it was a while ago but i didn't i just didn't want to spend more money to do that and then i got the free magic on my tablet and tried to play that but you do one little kind of level and then you're like Buy the rest. Buy more packs. Buy this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't want to spend any money. And that's what's really nice about this is it is free. It's a lot of fun. I mean, you can just sit there and play it and play it and play it and play it. And once you, you know, once you beat this guy, then you get a whole new kind of class that you can switch up and, you know, do the warrior or do the sorcerer or do the necromancer kind of thing. So it's kind of fun that it changes up every little bit every time you play it. And Mm -hmm. then you You get
0: cards. do you have a favorite class yet?
1: Um, I've been using the Paladin a lot. I like
2: Warrior oh? myself. Warrior because uh, there's a lot of cards that let you every time one of your people, one of your minions takes damage, it increases the Their power damage. attack power of theirs. So yeah. I've come up with a pretty cool stacking automatic stacking kind of system where if I get the certain cards out in a certain order, I can get some really powerful cards out quick.
0: Nice. Uh, I'm a fan of Warlock so far because. I played Warlock, and it's nice seeing those demons pop back up again. It's free to play. You have no reason for not playing it at home. We we, we all like it.
2: Okay. My next pick is uh, a re-release from 1994. Ooh. Uh, Finally getting a re-release from good old games. Uh, Is that allowed? It is. It is, because it hasn't been available for over a decade. I say it's allowed. And this is uh, Star Wars X-Wing. Uh, the great game from like the early 90s. I got it back when I was in fifth grade on diskette, and there was another release of this game on CD-ROM. But I remember playing it and having like six six discs that I had to install on the computer, and you had to have your little uh, booklet with you because every time you loaded it up, you had to go. It would tell you to turn to page six and then type in the code <laughs> on that page from your manual. Because that yeah, was DRM uh, back in the day.
0: That, stuff was, like, that was the DRM. That was like anti-piracy stuff back then. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. what's the fourth word on page twelve? Yep. Oh, uh, I don't want to have to like flip through the page, like through the pages to play like Wolfenstein 2: Sphere of Destiny. But you yeah, did. But you Way did. Way to go, I did, a, uh, I did. So software.
2: So yeah. uh, Star Wars from Lucas getting a joystick out with my <laughs> keyboard. <laughs> <laughs> and just sitting and being an A-wing pilot again, so much fun shooting down Tie fighters. You do have that awesome joystick. I do. I always. I, it's one of those things. I I just like ah. Uh, I'm like oh no, I need more power to my shields. Oh now I can't go as fast. You know it's, it's just a lot of fun. It looks it cr- <clears throat> just as crappy as it did when I was a kid, but it's still amazing. I feel bad we didn't get to do your. I know Artemis Artemis. Yeah, Cause Artemis that probably would have been, been your Yeah, it would have probably been up there, but this was a lot of it's still a lot of fun. It's a like simulator game from back in the 90s that finally got a re-release this year. So, I'm excited about it. It's like 10 bucks. It's definitely worth the price of admission. It's it might be a lot of nostalgia talk for me, but I love it. Chris, what's your number 2?
0: Oh, uh, uh, my number 2? Uh, I actually picked Diablo 3 Reaper of Souls. Um, I'm playing this off of Xbox. Because, you know, I don't have a PC that can handle it. We're Diablo fans, like.
1: Diablo 3 Diablo. is my number one.
0: Yeah, hey! Reaper of Souls, it's added enough that everything I loved about Diablo 3, like, I'm getting so much more. It, it's just scratching that itch. Like, adventure mode. John, have you pick up reaper of souls i have not it's it's fantastic it's worth like the 39 bucks to get the expansion like yeah it's one extra character the extra act and then you get adventure mode which is basically like a series of bounties in each act where it's like hey go kill this boss or hey complete this objective but there's enough stuff there that i can sit down keeps making you go back it keeps making me go back and i've like played every single character in that game. I will still make a new like wizard or demon hunter because with every new thing that I do, I feel like I'm getting a better grasp
1: of how on to the game and how to choose character. what to do with that character. Uh no, I totally yeah. understand because I've Diablo three played it over and over and over again, level after level after level with the same character and then being like, well, maybe I'll do another character after playing the game four times with, you know, my monk, I'll go back and I'll do a demon hunter or I'll do this or I'll do that and then play the game four or five times with that character and then start a new one and go, like, oh, I'll do it with the barbarian and just master out those characters. So, I mean, it's exactly how I used to play Diablo 2 and just pick up a character and play through the series so many times and then go back and do it again.
0: I, I, I pick it. Number two, done.
1: Everybody gets out, so you you get to do one more. What's your number one?
0: I feel like ah, uh, just with how things like fell like my number one might not be my complete number one because I've played a couple other games that I've spent more time with, like Watchdogs from Ubisoft, <laughs> which is which is a fantastic open world game. I feel like my pick is going to be Disney Infinity 2.0. Nice. Disney Infinity is a game that caught my attention like when it was announced, when it came out. It combines two things I love. Video games and collecting little pieces of PVC plastic.
2: <laughs> Alright,
0: great. You need to collect those pieces of plastic to get new characters in the game. And then once you unlock them, you get new skills, abilities, little mini-games.
2: Do, do you buy the little Disney power discs, too? I
0: I, ha- I have a couple. Like Those were sold in like a blind bag thing where you get two. And you don't you're not really gonna get into the game. Well, it. you only get two? You get two for like, it's five bucks though. What? Not, but when you open it up, you could get a new little mini game. Uh, like, new costume for a character that you can unlock if you have already purchased that character for the game. Or, oh. like, new weapons for characters in the game. It, it's fun. It taps into everything that I love in App. It's so collectible. It's fun. It's bright. It's flashy.
1: The character designs are great.
0: Yeah, the character designs are great. And Lex is sitting over on the couch, like, flagging me down, like, I can talk about it. Can I do a review? I can understand why people like it, why you buy figures, how they were able to actually come out with the 2.0. Because 2.0 is what actually introduced the Marvel characters to it. Because the first one was all just Disney, and 2.0 two-thirds Marvel, then one-third Disney. Lex, you got something else?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've been playing Infinity for, like, three days now, pretty much in all my free time. (laughs) I love it. And what I really, really like about it is that you play in this platform, which is the Avengers set. You play the game as this person, but if the person dies, you top them out. The thing is that I can just, like, select it. From a game menu, I have to actually like get up and put whoever I think is going to be better on that platform. Wait, These awesome fucking figurines, which are really really cool and almost collectible pieces in themselves.
0: So you you like having to put the figurines on the the
3: base? I kind of do because it's because like, every is it, every time like you hear it, someone, it, put, it puts a new it puts something new into gaming to where like you need to like get up and do it. You need to put a new person up. But you also need to, like, make the decision which person is going to be best to put up there.
0: Because every time I've seen someone die and you have to get up to put someone new on, you're like, you're like, (laughs) no, I don't know if it's going to, like, be audible on the podcast, but I hear you go, "Ah," and then I see you get up and, like, put someone else on the base. Yeah, but that also could be the noise
1: of her character
3: dying. My, uh, is the fact that, like, I didn't have the skills as that person to not be defeated. Yeah. yeah so it's really, it's really cool. It's really interactive in the way that it's just like, okay, I have built up Thor skills so good, and if he can't, like, okay, Black Widow, I'm gonna put a Black Widow on there, and I put her on the base, and then I know exactly what moves I have with her and what she can do to defeat the boss. Nice. Like it's it's really cool. Like I th- it's like a tap out system.
0: Mm-hmm. Have you used Rocket Raccoon more?
3: I haven't used Rocket Raccoon at all tonight. I pretty much have only played played Avengers.
0: I thought that would have been your favorite piece.
3: It absolutely is my favorite piece, but it's difficult because I I didn't build them up yet.
0: Mm. She's got to grind.
2: Got to level them up. She's got to level them up.
0: It's one of those things that's like you can keep playing through and like rotate through characters, but after everyone's been dead, it takes I don't know how much time for you to be able to reuse that character. So, once you go through everyone that you have, you can restart the mission instead of continuing on. Uh, so, it's kind of that, like, hey, I'm going to put the next quarter in to continue, or it's, say, yeah. like, I'm going to use...
2: Candy Crush having to wait for your life to respawn after an yeah. hour or something.
3: <laughs> yeah, but, it, but it's cool in the sense that, like, I can use every single Avengers piece if mm-hmm. I die. So, it's just like, it's really, honestly, like, almost being in that moment, like... Mm-hmm.
2: You are director Fury. Yeah. Sending in the Avengers. Exactly. You're Professor and X. You're but, calling the plays. But
3: interestingly enough, the person that we go to see is Nick Fury, who gives us our mission. And also Captain Marvel gives us our missions and Wasp, as far as I've seen. Yeah, I really I really, really like it. Yeah, so it sounds your,
1: like a cool game. Your, like more I, than Diablo?
3: Yeah. You know, I like Diablo Babe, but I understand. Infinity, so much more.
0: <laughs> I had one more beer, which oh god, I I drank a lot of it and then I put it down somewhere. Oh, hold on, um, because this is from Voodoo Brewing. What? And this is this is yeah,
1: this is from Pennsylvania.
0: The yeah, this is another of the Voodoo Donut series. Oh, um, from <laughs> the. <laughs> I I are you guys not excited for it? I don't know what that. Well, we was. thought it was, it was Voodoo, Voodoo, Voodoo Brewery. Brewery.
1: From Meadsville, the guys that did the, oh, no. the big bad oh, no, uh, sorry, big Rogue. black booty daddy Rogue that does here, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we were like, What? No, you
0: you can get that they to where you a, are?
1: They have a bourbon age they have a brown ale that they just did a bourbon age of. Ooh.
0: No, this is the uh the voodoo donut. Yes. This is the lemon chiffon crawler ale. Ooh, I like crul
2: uh crawlers.
1: It sounds good. I
2: saw it,
0: that you is checked it into this. I always
1: say say it's a crawler.
0: Yeah, I say cruller too. It's very tart, but it's got a nice tart lemon with a little bit of vanilla on it. It tastes like eating a vanilla cream donut. We, we've had some other of these before, like the chocolate pretzel.
2: Mm-hmm. Where the, the pretzel, pretzel came through, but then some yeah. of the other flavors.
1: But that peanut butter and jelly one, mm-hmm. the peanut yeah. butter banana... J- and jelly, yeah. that one was good. That it tasted every... all of them, but they didn't mix. It didn't. Well, you you, yeah. you take that drink and you say, "Okay, I taste everything that this says it's supposed to have." Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. I-, I rated this on Untapped as I would just like, "Oh, I'm I'm having a sip of it because, yeah, it tastes like a lemon donut. Not necessarily something I would want to drink out and drink again. Like, right?
2: You drink it for the novelty thing.
0: Yeah, like I'm not gonna see this on top of it and be like, "Hey, give me lim- one of them lemon chiffon donuts." Like I, I tried it. Mm-hmm. I liked it for what it was. I'm ready to move past it, and I'll, I'll probably mention it to someone, you know, down the road, worth checking out if you want something that's going to be different. All in all, I spent fifty two dollars on beer for tonight. Ooh, yeah. Um, I feel like either of the doctor heads are going to be the one that really catch your attention, though. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but That's what, all I
0: got. So but what quality.
1: caught our attention in cinema this year? Chris, why don't you start this one, because uh, everyone else has started
0: one. One of my favorite movies of the year, and one of my favorite Marvel movies, going to be Captain America The Winter Soldier.
2: That's, That's my, my number scene. one.
0: Wow, really? One? Yeah. Movie? Oh, yeah. Robert Redford. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known. Yeah, this movie so much better than the first captain america which i really enjoyed because like i wasn't a captain america fan and i was like wow captain america it's pretty cool you're right movie um winter soldier it delivered it hit those same notes that i got from the ed brubaker run yeah and even though i knew what to expect and what was going to be coming up like watching it was just like oh this is so cool like even like that freeway fight it sold it and it was a game changer for the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like, all that shit with Hydra, like, seeing that, I was like, oh my god, like, they're still around, they're still here. And then we did get those, like, carry-through, like, changes on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and I was like, oh shit, like, everything's different now. Great movie. Loved it. <laughs> I thought it was a great
1: spy espionage, like... Something that
0: so we suspense,
2: used to get
1: from the 70s, like the 70s spy I would, movies. I mean, that's what they're even, going for with that yeah, feeling. Yeah. I mean, or it definitely even those, it. uh, Grisham movies, you know, the, uh, like Pelican Brief and... Like the Jack Ryan type
2: the, stuff. And also, yeah, the old Jack Ryan, the, uh, Clear and Present Danger kind of stuff. Those sus- action, suspense action movies, right? Yeah. Yeah, but this was, uh, my favorite movie of this past year. Blew it, uh, blew my mind when I was sitting there watching it, and I'm like... And you almost didn't
1: see in the theater. I know.
0: Yes. I was, John and I kept being like did you see it did you see it I think we saw it twice We saw it twice
1: <laughs> and then our third time seeing it was with you Yes I went and I'm like oh thank goodness I
0: saw it it was so good so good so good so good But uh John what did you think was so good
1: Uh my number 3 is uh Foxcatcher um this stars uh Steve Carell Channing Tatum and Mark Ruffalo and is not a comedy Um Yeah
0: this looks really good, but I didn't
1: see it. Uh, this takes place in the early 80s with, um, John DuPont from the DuPont dynasty, um, trying to fulfill a crazy dream in his psychotic mind of winning gold at the Olympics by starting a wrestling team. And he brings in this guy, Mark Schultz, who has won gold, and it's a weird obsession that he has with him and then his brother, and it really gets really kind of twisted. But Steve Carell is amazing in it. And has they do makeup on him, you can't even really tell it to him. Channing Tatum is really good in it, plays a really good part. And Mark Ruffalo is amazing in it. Mark Ruffalo deserves at least a Golden Globe nomination for Best Supporting Actor because he really gives an amazing heart to the character he plays by playing it so low-key. All of them are really low-key in this movie. And uh, I thought it was a fantastic movie, and I'd been waiting forever for it to come out. It just recently hit us locally, Um, but it came out weeks ago. What what interested you in this? Is it because are you a wrestling fan? Or are I, you, I am not. I actually like, just saw the trailer for it, and, you're just, and the trailer looked so good uh, that I was like, I can't not see this. And I'm also not. People might not know this. But I'm the movie guy <laughs> on the podcast. We used to have a movie thing that I used to be in charge of. Um, but I'm a movie guy. I, I love movies of all kinds and I do enjoy a lot of serious movies versus comic book movies. Mm-hmm. And I knew that we would, you guys would be talking about comic book movies and different things. So this is my little art house <laughs> section right here that I'm going to be doing.
0: Your time to shine. Well, <laughs> my time to shine. This is when you told me about this. I can't remember if it was on the show or not now
1: no it we it oh. was when we were at Hamburg Brewing,
0: okay. I watched the trailer. I was like, "Oh God, like he's so creepy.
1: You watched the trailer and without any sound too
0: it's It's fucking creepy, but this kind of hit me in that same um Robin Williams one hour photo way because mm-hmm. it's this comedic actor that's known for being like, "Hey, look how goofy I am. It's this actor that's setting <laughs> up and actually." being an
1: actor this is based a on cartoon. a true story though which is really kind of yeah, creepy
0: weird this is a movie that i want us to see and i i know i will
2: uh I, maybe I,
0: after i recommend your paul's next pick
2: uh mine would be uh finishing off the series strong or stronger than it
1: was in the past two you have another uh mockingbird Hunger Games movie coming out. So uh, just, no. the series isn't over, Paul. Oh, Wait, it's not over. done yet? It's not done.
2: One no, no, movie. it's part one, and then there's going
1: to be part two. I
2: haven't oh, seen God. any of them.
0: I'm sorry. Fuck you, Harry Potter, for setting this <laughs> For setting this precedent. It was like, no, it's the final book. Here's two movies. I've never <laughs> and then, seen any But, the, but Paul's,
1: uh, Paul's picks, they split one book into
2: three movies. Yep. <laughs> one book, three movies. This is Hobbit, The Battle of Five Armies. Yeah, it was better than the first two i think uh it got to the point and got to the action scenes it had some things that i'm like oh they didn't do that huh all right well and then there's some you know the characters still do things that are just completely stupid and, ir- and moronic <laughs> like oh okay cool uh but it's my number two, <laughs> <pick>. <laughs> my number three pick. Because how many movies did I see in the theater this year, John? <laughs> three. <laughs> three. <laughs>
1: but movies that have come out are out on DVD that you could have seen. I could have, but Truth.
0: I don't. You could have not see Lucy. So I'm Battle said. of Five
2: and R of
1: It was
2: fun, you know, action. I loved how they tied it into the end. Uh, you know, Bilbo coming home was great, you know, and that, Wraps up into the Lord of the Rings trilogy.
1: And now I. Am, I thought that felt shoehorned in. I, I, I liked it. I liked it in the first one.
2: Well, I liked it I, at the yeah. end. Did
0: I, you feel shoehorned in no, at the beginning? I,
1: of, I felt the shoehorned in parts with, like, Legolas and his father when oh, he's like, Oh, go see this man oh, yeah, 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 yeah. in the woods. They call him Strider. And then, Well, what's his name? You'll have to learn that. No, that was stupid. Yeah, that, that, was, that was stupid. No, that I'm talking about no. Bilbo. The, the Bilbo stuff, yeah. No, that worked for me. I was like, oh, I'm all in on the Bilbo stuff. But uh yeah, Martin
2: Freeman, I think, did a good job with a limited kind of script. Uh, I got a little annoyed with everybody looking directly into the camera misty-eyed. I kind of felt that way in the theater when I watched the first The Last of the Lord of the Rings, too where everybody was just, like, on the bed, jumping around, and they were having the pillow fights.
0: So That was just a weird moment. <laughs> yeah, that was really
2: funny. And also, we went to see him at, like, midnight, and I was just exhausted and just hated myself and hated everybody around me because I was so tired.
0: But this one... It, here, here's the thing with that moment. The first time I saw Return of the King in the theater was actually for a new line event called Trilogy Tuesday, mm-hmm. where they showed all three Lord of the Rings movies in succession. It started, like... 10 a.m. It was my mom and I. And by, like, the time, like, Gimli walks into the room, and you see John Reese davis like, clap his hands, like, the entire auditorium was just laughing because we had spent, like, nine hours in the movie theater. Everyone was going stir-crazy. Yeah,
1: you're getting punch-drunk. Like, I
0: I can't imagine that feeling from any other movie. (laughs) Like, I'm sorry. Everything you're saying, like, However valid it may be, like, nope, it can't be that bad.
1: Well, Chris is number two.
0: Okay. Uh, my number two, this is also, uh, a Disney Pictures movie. This is Big Hero 6. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to see it yet. Nope, not I yet. did. I did. I loved it. There, there's so much heart to this movie. And it, it's your typical, like, Disney animated film. Like, oh, you know what? These two guys throwing them together, like, they're different. How is it going to work out? There's moments where it's just kind of like heart wrenching. Um, Without giving spoilers, because Paul's probably the person that hasn't seen it yet. Very true. Once you get, like, B- A-Max in, like, badass mode, yeah, I was like, oh my god, like, I can't believe Disney's doing this in, like, this, like, family-friendly cartoon movie about Lost. Like, that's what sold it to me. I-, I can't wait for this to come out on DVD so I can re-watch it and just, like, savor everything because... There's, so, like, so much work that went into this movie, and it's like, no, these crowd scenes are the biggest crowd scenes that Disney's ever done in a computer animated movie. Like, at most, like, Frozen had, like, a hundred characters on screen. Like, the Hero 6, Hey, we have an entire city. Like, I, I, I really enjoyed it.
1: I thought it was uh amazingly
0: well done. Paul, he, I, I think you you should see this, because...
1: It's, uh, like it. the Invincibles quality. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I like Invincibles. There we go. Incredibles. Incredibles. Like The Incredibles, didn't like, uh, Up. Loved Up. Uh, up. Oh, oh okay. So well, had so much heart. Uh, my number two is, um, Gone Girl by David Fincher, starring Ben Affleck and, uh, Rosamund Pike. Uh, movie set around man whose wife goes missing. And then it seems like he may be covering up her murder. Um, I don't want to give anything else away about this movie. Uh, even though it's been out in the theaters, if this is your first time hearing about it, I don't want to give anything away because there's so many different plot twists that go on in this movie that I was riveted the whole way through. I thought it was great. The people that I went with complained that it was two hours long, and I was like, you couldn't cut anything out of this movie. Like, you needed everything in here, and you people are all stupid. Why did you come to I, I this movie? I always
0: like when he hit those points with the movie where like, no, you can't, you can't take anything away from it though.
1: Yeah, and there are plenty of movies where I'm like, you could have cut out 30 minutes out of something. This one, like, you needed these moments to build. You needed everything, and I, uh, I thought this movie was fantastic. And you uh, keep seeing, that
0: I want see, You keep seeing
1: Ben it. Affleck just like he's like Bruce Wayne in it. Like he keeps getting like bulkier and bigger during the movie, which is kind of funny because that's when he started putting on all his muscle for Batman <laughs> do you want me to do number two yeah this is okay. number two time okay guardians of the galaxy
2: guardians of the galaxy a lot of fun hey this uh, is my number one a lot more fun than I thought they could have done in the with these characters it was uh it was good it was heartfelt zany kind of over the top every once in a while but it worked it all worked
1: uh yeah excellent movie um probably my favorite Marvel movie
0: like I said uh captain this America Two. <laughs> I, I mm, love this did. movie. It's, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's not your typical Marvel, Marvel movie. While it's playing in that universe, it's not like showing you like, eh, eh, we're Marvel guys. I mean, mm-hmm. th- the closest you get to that is when they start talking about the infinity zones and you're like, oh shit, like it's all coming together. I am <laughs> everything on its own. It works. Like I went into this not loving Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, I had that passing knowledge, like, oh, like, I know who everyone yeah, is. Yeah, like, I know
1: who I, everyone is. We just read that I, number one from Bendis.
0: Like, I won't be surprised. But coming out of it, I was like, wow, like, probably one of my favorite Marvel movies because it's so different in tone from everything else that we've got in that Marvel universe. It's It's so big, but still so close-knit Paul well, i'm surprised you didn't love this more
2: i i really liked it i just liked captain america two more
0: <laughs> which i mean it had that rough red bump it did all <laughs> right
2: uh, so is that all three or did he not give you your number two chris
1: no he started no, oh well, yeah so his number one his well, number, one was, was number Guardians. one was okay Guardians. and my number one it's not a marvel film what? It's called Nightcrawler, but it's not uh-huh. a Marvel film. Uh This stars Jake Gyllenhaal as a nighttime photographer, videographer of accidents that are happening overnight. He tries to be the first on the scene to videotape them to then sell that to news programs. Mm. And this is probably one of the greatest performances Jake Gyllenhaal has ever given. He is so creepy and menacing and smarmy, but creepy polite, but with these great undertones of sociopath. Mm-hmm. And um, absolutely fantastic. Uh, he deserves an Academy Award for his performance in this. This movie was gripping and bone chilling. It's one of those movies that you see and you're like, that is really really good but i never want to see it again and then the more you think about okay. it and you talk to people about it you kind of like i kind of want to see it again just to see what i missed
2: none of the movies you listed i want to go out and get an ice cream cone after
1: no <laughs> no you don't kind of
2: like that's what i like about movies though every once in a while is uh you know go see the movie uh eat some popcorn and then leave and go get some ice cream mm.
0: Mm. okay john yes the only movie i have ever gotten that feeling from was Requiem for a Dream.
1: No, nowhere near as, <laughs> as bad as Requiem for okay. a no, Dream. Requiem Dream meant like, to bludgeon you down. Like... It's, it's, it's better. It's different in that aspect because, I mean, it's all leading, you know, you're leading from point A to point B. I don't know if I need to watch it again. I don't need to watch going from A to B again. It's it's gripping oh, okay. and it's bone chilling and I don't know how much replay value it has at the time of seeing it, but now being a couple months away from seeing it, I wouldn't mind seeing it again. And I actually might go this week with my dad to go see it, because it's at the Dollar Theater.
2: Hey, then you'll have plenty of money for ice cream afterwards. Hey,
0: like hey, yeah. ice cream! <laughs> or to pay for beer for our next episode.
2: Yeah, next episode is when we look forward to 2015! Jeez, All
0: 2015.
2: All the comic books. Characters that's that, the
0: future, guys. Yeah,
2: comic book characters that we think that are gonna take off in two thousand fifteen, the movies we're looking forward to most, and video games slash any kind of game, I guess. Uh games we're looking forward to in two thousand
1: fifteen. And uh, and our death pool. And our celebrity oh. death pool. Which it, nobody
0: won this year. No, nobody. Yeah. Nobody the, the, died. The people I picked actually got new roles in a new movie coming out. <laughs> In 2015!
2: The w- only thing that we can look forward to more than 2015 is ratings and reviews over at iTunes. Right, guys? <laughs> like, yeah. 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 It's even better than a new year. You know, a <laughs> new rating and review. So do that over at iTunes or over at Stitcher.com, where you can also find the podcast.
0: Yeah, make sure you email us over at com if there's anything you want us to check out or anything you want us to talk about. Or... You have personal thoughts, emails, Chris Sean, or Paul at com. We read those emails and we take them to heart.
1: And with that we'll we'll see you guys in the new year.